this week, I want to talk about the inheritance of freedom. I want to talk about, and I've just entitled today, the freedom of forgiveness. The freedom of forgiveness. I don't know if you've been wronged in your life. I don't know if you've been through something where it's going to take forgiveness to move on. But how many know that forgiveness isn't cheap? It costs you something. Forgiveness costs you something, but forgiveness is the only thing that will bring freedom. Come on, somebody help me and say freedom. Ah, you can do better than that. I saw you drinking coffee. Come on. You say, would you help me say freedom? freedom? Like you mean it. Come on. That's good. Freedom. The only thing that brings freedom is forgiveness. And yet forgiveness is one of the hardest things to accomplish in today's society. We're trained. I mean, we are inducted with all this media to say, you've been wrong, you deserve vengeance. You deserve the right to be mad. You deserve the right to cancel. You deserve the right to stand up for what you've been wronged in. And I just wanted to start today, because I know sometimes we hear these sermons, and sometimes you can come in and say, well, that's so insensitive because you don't know my story. And I want to I talk today and be, be very careful. I don't want you to hear my heart on this. I want to talk about forgiveness to those who don't deserve it. Forgiveness when you shouldn't and you have every right to hold on to that anger and bitterness. When you have every right to stay there. I want to talk about forgiveness because forgiveness isn't just about what we should do as Christians and the right thing to do. I want to show you that forgiveness is actually freedom for you, your heart, and that then overflows into everyone around you. Every relationship you have is affected by forgiveness or unforgiveness. Forgiveness is not cheap. It will cost you, but it is the only thing that will bring you freedom. You know, we talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness Sometimes we think that when we don't forgive somebody, we hold anger against somebody or bitterness against somebody, that's going to hurt them. How many know unforgiveness does not hurt the other person? It never does. It only hurts you. In fact, it, it puts you in a prison. It puts you in a prison of bitterness, prison of anger. And a lot of times when, we, when unforgiveness is not dealt with, those who hurt you become the standard at which you start living. How many of you have ever known that, where you know somebody who's like, I'm never going to be like my dad. My dad did this, this, that, and that, and then they end up being like their dad and grandpa. It's, it's one of those things, that if, we're, if we don't take care of our heart, we don't take care of the heart of the matter, it doesn't matter what you say or what you intend to do, that bitterness and anger grows into a prison that actually causes us to be trapped in a life that is hurting not only us, but those around us. And if we don't take care of it, we will not be free. So how many want freedom in the room? Well, I want to talk about today, how do we get freedom from those that have hurt us? How do we get freedom from that which scarred us, marked us, stole something from us, abandoned us, abused us, molested us? I want to talk about that. I don't want to be insensitive because I understand everybody's story is different. And, and you may come in here with a story that if you told us all, we would be just, oh, we, the room would be sobbing with you. 
thinking of what happened to you and who wronged you and who hurt you. But today I believe that we can have freedom in Jesus. I believe that when we start this, this act of forgiveness, when we dive into the principle of forgiving, then we ourselves become free. And I'm believing that for you. You've heard the line, hurt people hurt people. Well, it's time today that we step into a life where we're healthy people, helping hurting people. How many want to be healthy? I, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy for my kids. I want to be healthy for my wife. I want to be healthy for you. When you call, I show up healthy. Not hurting and bitter and like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. No, I want to show up healthy and say, you know what? Here's the pathway to freedom. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18 today. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22. Now this is Peter, and Peter is one of those that asks all the questions no matter how silly or dumb they look. You'll see Peter all throughout. He's the, he's the spokesman of the disciples. He's always the one showing up and being the voice. And Peter's asking about forgiveness, and he says, um, he came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, I want to pause there because my guess is Peter has a friend, or maybe it's even his wife, that he's coming to Jesus to ask because my guess is he has forgiven this person six times. And my guess is he's trying to get a way out. Say, Lord, how many? Seven times? Hint, hint, wink, wink. Am I done? Can I finally be mad? Can I finally get revenge? And look at Jesus' response. And how many are like that when you come to God? You're like, God, listen, I want to forgive. I want to step into that. But Lord, you know. You know what they did. You know how bad it hurt. You know they deserve it. And, and Jesus responds with this. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. This version says 77 times, but the uh, other translations, King James Version, the original, says 70 times seven, which is over 400 times. Basically what Jesus was saying is, the multiplication that you're putting in your brain is how many times, and Jesus is saying, hey, instead of keeping count of the times people hurt you, we need to lose track and let God. You need to lose track of how many times people hurt you. Because it's 70 times 7. It's not a number. It's not a definite, like, okay, if they hurt you this time. Can you imagine coming back to somebody 400 plus times and saying, I forgive you? We want to be done after the first time. I don't know if you're like me. If you wrong me, it's real hard to get over it. It takes a lot. And Peter's saying, all right, how many times, Lord? And Lord's saying, all right, that's not the question. Actually, the question is, how many times can you step into the art, the act of forgiveness? Because this is a lifestyle. This is a choice. This isn't something that is an option. And Jesus was looking out for his good. He was looking out for Peter's heart. And today I want you to hear that the Lord is looking out for your heart. He's looking out for you. And when he says, forgive those around you, forgive those who hurt you, he's not saying, just be okay with it. We teach our kids when someone wrongs you or someone hurts you and they come and they say, I'm sorry, don't say, it's okay. 
How many parents ever taught you that? Don't say, it's okay. Say, I forgive you. Because the act isn't okay, but the act of forgiveness is still in motion because grace still works. If you wrong me, I'm not going to say, it's okay, go ahead and wrong me again. It's okay, go ahead, do your thing. I'm totally good. No, I'm going to say, you know what? I understand that hurt, and I understand it's wrong. I understand you deserve justice, but I choose to forgive. So point number one, instead of keeping count of the times people hurt us, we need to lose track and let God. Now, I understand this, is that a lot of times when we become the church and we're, in, we're encouraged to take these steps and these motions, a lot of times we come right out of a story or right out of a hurt. And so I, I totally understand that sometimes you need time to catch your breath from what happened. And I just want you to hear me that we've been very intentional about creating this church to be a space where it's safe to take a breath and process. How many need some safe places to breathe? To come in and say, that hurt. It's hard. And just be okay to not be okay. To come in and say, oh, I am processing something right now. This person hurt me, and this is what's going on in my life right now. And, and, and they have, ugh, I have every right to be angry. And that's okay to process in that space, because I understand that sometimes you need time to breathe so that the Lord can work through you and let forgiveness free you. We got our, um, we got our Kia last year. And we were driving back on a road trip back, and all of a sudden, the air conditioning went out in the Kia. A lot of you know this story, but the air went out, and all of a sudden, we're like, wow, it's super hot. And it just, it felt like it was blasting heat, so it was crazy. So we pulled over, went to a, a Kia dealer, and we checked it out, and they, they found out that there's not enough uh, Freon or whatever in it, and, and it had made a leak. So they said, if we put some more in there, it's going to be dangerous for the car, so you just need to go. And the guy made a statement, and he said, well, you should just use old-fashioned air conditioning. And not going to lie, me and Ashley both looked at each other, and we were like, oh, my word, I didn't know that existed. And so we asked him, okay, well, where do we, where do we get one of those? And he goes, roll down the window. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what a world we live in. So we rolled down the windows. <coughs> Another way home. <coughs> we had old-fashioned air conditioning. Now, when we got back, it was one of those things that you cannot live like that in the summer. You may be able to live like that now. Like, maybe you could crack a window and it'd be okay in your car. But in the dead of summer, that is not the way you want to live. Or how many know when the winter becomes, like, crazy summertime, right? Because who knows these days with the seasons of what weather it's going to be. Like, the other day it was like, blast and heat. I'm like, it is November, and I'm taking off my jacket. But it's one of those things in, in life that if you don't take care of it, it becomes something that you live with, but it's not, you will never be able to live at your full capacity or what you were designed to live at. If you just crack the window and just say, you know what, I'm just going to let it be. 
I'm just going to just do old-fashioned air conditioning. But yet, your life was designed with all this capacity, all this capability to love effectively, to give life to those who are in your company, to be, to be in a space of joy and peace. But yet, when we live with that bitterness or anger against somebody, it's like we, we give up the ability to live at our full capacity. In Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about forgiveness and what, what it truly looks like. So I want to define that for us today. Maybe some of us were like, you know, what does it look like when I forgive? Because you can say, I forgive you, but how many know that's not, that's not the end of the path, right? I can say, I forgive you, but yet still hold in my heart something against you. And so Ephesians chapter 4 defines it so beautifully. Chapter 4 verse 31 says, get rid. Oh man, say that with me. Say, get rid. That's like throwing the old stuff out. It's like when we clean out our closets and find out that I'm keeping stuff from when I was 16 years old, my wife's like, why are you keeping that? Get rid of it. So get rid of it. He said, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Now that is so hard. The first one's maybe bitterness, rage, and anger. Maybe some of us can control that. But then he goes into, along with every form of malice. Now, do you know what malice means? I had to look it up, because I don't use that word all the time. The word malice means to want hurt or wrong for that person. Now, this is super hard, because he's asking us to get rid, yes, of bitterness, yes, of rage, yes, of anger, but the mindset that we want wrong for the person who hurt us, for that person who abused us, a person who molested us. A person who abandoned us when things got hard. The person who did not live up to their end of the bargain and hurt us. He's saying forgiveness looks like being in a space where you no longer want wrong for that person. That's hard. Then he goes on, he says, be kind and compassionate. Are you serious, Jesus? Like, it's enough to not want harm for them, but now you're saying that forgiveness actually equals being kind and compassionate when I see them, or when I think about them, or when I pray for them? Are you joking me? What a cross to bear. That's a hard pass. <laughs> he says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. Ah, there it is. He put it in the wall. Because he said, Christ forgave you, you no good, lousy scum. How many were dirty before Christ found you? Come on. Even when Christ found me, I still got dirty. Even when I was with him, and he cleaned me, and he saved me, I still went back to my garbage. I still got into things I shouldn't have. I still went back to the sin. As the Bible says, back to the vomit. Like, I still went back to it. And yet Christ saves us. The Bible says the mercy is new every morning. Every time you wake up, there's a chance to say, Lord, forgive me. We're in a great season right now. It's a season of grace. It's a season of grace. There will be a day when Jesus comes back for us that there will not be grace. It's like, sorry you didn't choose the King of Kings. But right now, we're in the greatest season that has ever been, where we have the choice to say, yes, Lord. 
yes, Jesus, I I receive your forgiveness. And he says, just as Christ forgave you of all the things you did, and you weren't even thinking of him, you weren't even friends with him, and yet he still hung on a cross and forgave you. He said, just like that, I want you to turn to those around you and give the same forgiveness to them. To be kind and compassionate, to not want malice. So about with me, two ketchup bottles. Not going to lie, I couldn't find a glass ketchup bottle, so it's chili sauce. But it's still Heinz. A lot of us, we want the quick fix to forgiveness. Ugh, I'm so here with you. We want easy squeezable. This wasn't a thing back in the day. Now we have plastic bottles that squeeze. I remember when jelly was in a glass bottle. Come on, somebody date yourself. All right, I hear you. You old people. You got glass bottles. It's so hard to get it out. Ketchup was the same way. And then we got these squeezable like, done. How many remember the day when this was on your table? Glass bottle. And you were getting the knife out. Get that (laughs) ketchup out of the bottle because it's not coming out. Did you know that Heinz actually did a lot of research and, and, and formed their bottle to have these 57s on the bottle? Does anybody know about this? It's a secret to get the ketchup out of the glass bottle. But they made the bottle to where if you tap on the 57, you'll release the contents. If you tap on the 57, you'll release the contents. Did you know this? I just found this out. I, I literally never knew. I, I was the one with the knife, you know, getting the stuff out. I didn't know that. They, they strategically made this bottle to where if you tap on the 57, it'll all come out. But, you know, when you first open this, I don't know if you can hear this. You hear the pop? It's because all of the contents are under pressure. Now, that was really easy. But I, I remember opening some of these. It's so hard. I had my knife in there. I was popping the top. I was trying to get this thing open because how many need ketchup on everything? Especially if it's sriracha ketchup. Forget about it. That's going on everything. But the reason that it's, it's hard to get off and the reason you hear the pop is because the, the insides are held under pressure. The contents are under pressure. And some of us, we hold this anger and bitterness inside and there's so much. And the first step to unforgiveness, the first step to forgiving and stepping into this life of freedom is to pop the top and just let the pressure out. Because a lot of us are doing it alone. You're holding that part of your story or that chapter of your story alone. And one of the safest things we can do is pop it with someone we trust. One of our friends, one of the the people, maybe even one of our leaders in a church, just someone we can go to and, and sit down with and say, this is what's going on. Let me just pop the top. Let me let the pressure out. Let me show you what, what is going on in my life. This is the first step to forgiveness is shining a light on it. First step, stepping out of the prison of unforgiveness is to shine a light on it. So we have to come out in a safe place, processing in a safe space. And then the next part (laughs) is making sure that we hit the right spot. And we knock, and then we wait. We knock in prayer, and then we wait. We knock in prayer, and then we wait. And this is so painful, because how many want to wait 
for forgiveness to take place in your heart. I don't. I don't want to wait. I want squeezable quick, but that's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness looks like coming to the Lord and knocking in prayer, Lord, help my heart. I want nothing but wrong for that person. I want them to pay for what they did. Oh, I want them to feel the pain, feel the fury. I want them to oh, feel your vengeance, Lord. But it's us coming to the Lord and saying, you know what? Lord, help my heart. Give me forgiveness for them. And then slowly, slowly, the Lord works on us. Slowly he turns our heart into a space where we can not only be kind, not only have no rage or bitterness, but then he turns our heart into a space of kindness and compassion to where we are praying blessing over our enemy. Praying blessing for those who hurt us. I heard a speaker say one time, he was like, the only way we can truly know we've forgiven truly is when our prayers for them for blessing over our enemies is true. And I remember hearing that, I'm like, That's, there's no way and then I went through a storm. And I had people hurt me deeper than I, I've ever been hurt. And in that space, I was like, you know what? Lord, I'm going to need your help in this. Because I want nothing but curse over them. I want nothing for, else for them to hurt and feel the pain about what they did to me. What they did to my family. And if you've got kids involved, you know it's a whole nother level of unforgiveness. You hurt my kids? Forget about it. And my humanness, you are dead to me. And coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, oh, I remember the first time, Lord, bless them. Ah, no, 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 no. All right, that was enough. That was enough for today. I'll come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Lord, ah, bless them. They're inside saying, but Lord, show them that they're wrong. Teach them a lesson. But bless them. Next day. Lord, bless them. Okay? Lord, bless them. And I remember the day, and I was sobbing that morning. When I was praying blessing, I was like, oh my goodness. If I found out that they were blessed right now, I would actually be happy. It would actually make me joyful. To see them full of blessing. That's what I knew. Lord, you've done it. I've sat in your presence and I've knocked. Lord, help me. Forgive them. Because I don't want to be in a prison. I don't want my kids to grow up with a father that's in prison. I don't want my kids to grow up with a father that can't love truly because I'm holding bitterness and anger. I don't want a wife that can't, ha that can't have a relationship with me because I can't truly be intimate with her because I'm so stuck by the things that hurt me. Because that's what we do. We stay trapped to the bitterness and anger, and then we try to love those that are in front of us, and we can't. Why? Because kindness and compassion haven't been a part of our lives. Now we're trapped in bitterness. But when we let go, and let God, and knock and pray, and wait, Lord, help me in my unforgiveness. Help me to show love and kindness, just like you did on the cross, Lord. Just like you forgave me, let me show kindness and love to them, and slowly the Lord works. I know this sounds so like, are you sure? Are you serious? Because I, I don't know your story, and you don't know mine. But I promise you, just in my personal experience, stepping into this truth, this principle of saying, 
Lord, help me in my unforgiveness. Help me to have a space where I'm not wishing wrong for my enemies. I'm not wishing wrong for those who hurt me. But I can come into a space where I forgive them. Now, does this mean you invite them over every holiday and now they have to be your best friends, not to be in your inner circle? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Don't invite that abuser back into your home. Absolutely not. Do not invite someone who molested you back into your space. Absolutely not. But you need to release them from your heart. You need to release them from your life so you can move on into what God has for you, the inheritance of freedom. This is what the Lord gives us, is a life of freedom where we're not held back. We're not strung to the past. No, we're able to love, be present, be in this space today. I want to end with this, Matthew chapter 6. Sean, you can come. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15. This is the seriousness of forgiveness. And I, 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 would, be, I would be wrong not to share this. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. This is the seriousness of forgiveness. Because when forgiveness isn't present in your life, it cannot be given to you. When you are not free and able to forgive, and he goes into a parable, I, I encourage you to read Matthew 18. Jesus talks all about forgiveness. It's a deeper read into, he talks about a parable of someone, a king forgiving someone and then him going right out and not forgiving someone else. He said this is how the kingdom works. If we are going to hold unforgiveness towards our brothers and sisters, if we're going to hold bitterness against those in our realm, then the Lord can't show his forgiveness to us. Not that he doesn't want to, but he can't because our hearts aren't open to what he wants to release into our hearts. Our lives aren't open to what he wants to release. So when we forgive others, we can truly experience peace. And what I want to do today is Sean comes and as we just set an atmosphere of worship in the closing moments and we're going to have Friendsgiving, we're going to have fun, we're going to eat, we're going to do some karaoke, all the fun stuff. But first things first, let's take care of business. For some in this room, you might have to do this. I can't even do it. My mouth is so dry right now. It was like you might have to pop the top. You might have to put light on it. And today might just be a decision to come and say, Lord, I'm open to processing it. Since something that's been in the closet, it's been hard to deal with. I've been dealing with it alone. But today, Lord, I do. I want to come before you and just let it be open. Let the pressure out. Let it be on top so that you can start to work. Uh, some of you are going to step into the next phase where it's, knocking in prayer, and you're going to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need help. I've talked about it. I've complained. I, I, I've been with friends, and we've been trying to follow through this, but my talk has been so negative towards them. Uh, man, and even the advice maybe that you're getting has been such a, a negative course, and, and today you just need to say, you know what, Lord? I want to choose today that I'm going to step into a life of forgiving, and I'm going to start praying blessing over my enemy. I'm going to start forgiving and choosing every day to step into this space where I say, Lord, help my heart release my enemies. 
Help me step into a space where I release the pain, release the bitterness, release the anger, release the want and desire to hurt and cause revenge. That might be some of you today. But as we step into this fight, I don't know where you are in your story. Maybe you walked into this church and you have been hurt, you've been wronged, and you have every right to be angry. You have every right to stay there. But I'm calling you today to give the Lord a chance. To come in and say, Lord, help me. And to really truly experience freedom on a different level. So as we pray, I want to pray for you today. I want to join our faith together. There's so much power when we come into unity in our prayer. And when we join hands, that's why we do that a lot. When you join hands, you realize that you're not alone. There's someone on your right and left that have been through stuff too. We've all been through valleys and we've all been through mountaintops, but I'm believing today that there will be freedom in your story. So as we step into that, if that's you today and you say, hey, Elijah, I need to step into freedom. I need to pop the top and let God into the process. Or maybe some of you say, I need to just step into praying, Lord, help me in my unbelief. That's you. But everybody in this room, just stand to your feet. And I want to just open up this altar. I want to open up this space. If you need to come forward and get prayed for, I, I encourage you to do that. Don't do life alone. But let this be a space where today you make a decision. Before moving on into the holidays and Thanksgiving where we sit around a table and we say we're grateful for things. <laughs> you might say you're grateful for life and all the things. But man, can you imagine going into that free? If you just walk into that space and you're not caught up in yesterday, you're not caught up in the past, you're not caught up in what happened to you or wronged you, you're not carrying this, these wounds into the table of great gratitude. But today there can just be freedom. As you just wish you lift your hands, as we sing, as we worship, I just want you to, to whatever you need to do this morning, to step into that. Do it. Say, Lord, here it is. Here's my heart. Or here's my wounds. Here's where I've been wronged. But today, God, I step into what you want to do in my life. The freedom that you give.